same thing I say about Snuka. I respect Benoit and I respect Snuka for what they did in the ring because the ring is a ring. It's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different atmosphere there. The sure. thing that I don't really like, I said, Snuka though, I feel like he paid somebody to cover them up. It, it kind of felt yeah. like that throughout the whole process of the whole Jimmy Simplify Snuka stuff. Just because you kind of see and hear how they went into the lawyers and stuff into the room. They talked with Vince. They talked with such and such person. And then all of a sudden, everything got cleared off the next day. Mm-hmm. Hold on, wait. But here's the thing, though. Remember, they were like, yo, sign this paper. Yep. Make me, I want you to sign it. He didn't even question it. He just said, okay. Exactly. Exactly. It got very, it got very suspicious on how all that kind of stuff went down when every when Nancy passed away, and how they were looking at him, and nothing was ever freaking concrete for him enough to stay. Like it just, it was very like very shady, especially how they kept saying WWF lawyers were talking with such and such person and nada. Here's my thing though. Firstly, how come no one brought it back up until 30 years later? That too? The coroner's office? How come they're, like, the paperwork that they saw? No one really double-checked? You know what? I'm not even questioning the coroner's office. I'm questioning her family. (laughs) But weren't they trying to? They they never tried. From From what they said, it was like, cool, so this is what happened? That's true. All right? They just left and it at his. 30 years later, we see this in a little newspaper. That's it. Yeah. So you couldn't think 30 years, 30 years ago to think in the back of your mind, hey, look, you know what? Something isn't right here. Yeah. Because I got this call. Like, like something here wasn't clicking? <laughs> Not at all. It was It was extremely suspicious. The whole spiel, the whole shebang. I don't know. I don't know, man. Hold on, guys. I'm going to change my background to Jimmy Snooker. Are you guys okay with that? That's fine. Go ahead. All right, cool. Give me a second. I've actually been recording. <laughs> You're good, huh? I've actually been recording on the audio stuff. <laughs> oh, you have right now? Yeah. I like when we get into conversation like that, it's, it's freaking awesome. It's fantastic. I didn't even know we were recording. It's okay. So... This is Tony the Kid, of course. As you guys were listening, SG3 is present. Uncle Lisp is present. And this is the Reject Rundown. We are, it's got a little tense right now just because we're getting into the dark side of the ring. That is the episode or what the whole thesis of our episode today is going to be talked about. We are getting into the murder of Nancy Argentino. Argentino or Argentina? Argentino. Argentino. And... Hope the connection between Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Uh, also, Brawl for All in the 90s from the Attitude Era. I know we all had a little glimpse of the Brawl for All, the, re- the realistic UFC WWE adaption uh, of the King of the Ring type of tournament. Very suspicious, very crazy to be seen. I remember seeing it and I totally forgot that it was forgotten on the network. So, we're going to be talking about that too as well. Alright. Um, this looks like a really wrong picture. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like right there in his nutsack. <laughs> you don't see a lot about it though. Look at look at like, You see like from here down. Like everything, but you don't see his face. I'm like, 
You're like, you see the bice, the biceps, man. <laughs> you got a good pecs. But before we get started on talking about the shows, I got a couple of reject news. Of course, we all love talking about NFL. This is, or not wrestling, I'm sorry, WWE yeah. stuff. This is kind of in the same realm of that. Uh, XFL, we all know, filed for bankruptcy. Kind of figured that since the whole season was canceled. Uh, let's get into cuts. We've recently had some cuts from WWE. Knew that was coming. Uh, major releases that, I guess, for me, in my opinion, guys, that are very uh, more intriguing is Rusev, Kurt Angle, Zack Ryder, Devon Dudley, Drew Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Heath Slater, Eric Young, Rowan, No Way Jose. Uh, the revival was released before all these cuts came in. This was more of a mutual thing, and I was actually more happy for them leaving the industry anyways just because I felt like they were a little bit misused. So, oh, that's fine. Let them go be special in AEW, in my opinion. Um, WWE legendary ring announcer Howard Finkel. Dead at 69. Do apologize. Rest in peace, Howard. One of phenomenal, phenomenal ring announcers. Um, exactly. Love it. Donald Trump names Vince McMahon as advisor to help restart the economy. Wow. Ooh, Vince McMahon. All right, Vince, you can go ahead and help restart this economy. Because we're going to be having money in the bank or something for everybody? Probably, probably. Now, SG3, before me and you get into this, before me and you dive into all this good stuff, because I know SG3, you're 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 biting your lip there. You want to get into it. I just got one question though before we continue. Go ahead. Devon Dudley was still employed with the company. Uh huh. Yeah, he was a writer. I think he was a, uh, on the table. Yeah, he was on the table. Mm -hmm. Now, before before we get into this, Uncle Lisp, we want to say happy birthday. Happy B-Lay birthday. Hold on, wait a I got something for him. I got something for him. Go ahead. Go for it. Since he, since he, is, a, since he is a Hogan fan, I decided to, to, to call one of my homeboys and give a special shout-out. <laughs> oh, nice. For those of you who can't see this, and I think since it's all audio... SG3 just brought out a pretty cool a picture of Hoko and pointing at me and they're saying happy birthday. Brother. Uh, brother. brother. Happy to you, brother. What you gonna do, but brother? I appreciate that. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, my birthday came by. I'm 36 now. I'm very old. Got gray <laughs> hair to show it. We <laughs> all do. I do. Me. I'm just getting to it, man. Aww. <laughs> Once you turn 30, uh, a lot of things start changing. It's weird, though. I got a guy who works with me. He's around his 30s also. A co-worker, he works with me. He's around his 30s also. He's like 39. He's like, oh, John, I'm older than you. How is it that I have no gray hair? I'm like, probably because he never been around the rejects for such a long time. <laughs> Whatever. That's true. That could, be, that could be something in there, man. But I, I don't know if I should take that as insult or... Hmm. Mm. It means well, we've been through some crazy stuff. That's true. 
Some very entertaining stuff at that. <laughs> yeah, we've had a... I ain't gonna lie, man. For 36 years, I've had a very interesting life. That's good. That's good. Very joyful life, I, I can I see that. We got... Tons. We got tons. There are tons of stories with Uncle Lisp. Good Trust and me, bad. I'm like Mary Poppins when it comes to writing books about somebody. You guys can make a, a book and you can you have a series based on my life right there. <laughs> good. Very, very true. Very true. Yes. So hope you enjoyed your birthday on quarantine. Actually, I did. I Believe it or not, I went to uh, order some steak at Texas Roadhouse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you deliver it? No, we had to actually go to carry out, but let's edit that part out real quick. Totally. So, please, because I have a friend that are vegan, so I'm going to change that real quick. Oh, my God. You bet you promise I'm going to go vegan on it. I'm going to go vegan on my birthday, guys, but I'm eating sick. Let's edit that part out. Edit the part that went to go Texas Roadhouse. Well, edit all of this out. <laughs> you can say you went to go get a salad and you went to go for the bread. There you go. Hey. Only the bread. Hey. Only the bread. You're welcome. All right, so we'll go back to where we were. So, guys, <laughs> for my birthday, what we did is uh, we ate cake, watched a movie. Mm-hmm. I actually watched a few movies with my mom, ate cake, and uh, had a cup of wine. Oh. I go. They have a very nice glass of wine, hot chocolate to go with the wine. That's pretty much it. Oh, I got myself a pretty cool Eddie Guerrero shirt that I took a picture of and I have it on. I'm going to post on Instagram later on. Perfect. Like it. All right. Go. Good deal. Once this quarantine gets done, we're going to have to go celebrate, go somewhere, Dave Busters, so, play some games. You know, we're going to have to go get drunk. Huh? That's the reject position. I'm down with that. Traditional reject thing. Love yeah, it. We could do, do, uh, the Pac-Man World, dude. That place is pretty sweet, man. Let's try it out. I haven't been there. I haven't pla- yeah. I haven't been there. Let's try that. Okay, let's go for it. I like it. So, all right, now jumping in back into the reject news. What is it about the cuts that really shocked you, SG three? Here's the thing that surprised me the most is the fact that. They let the talent, they pay the talent firstly, but secondly, though, there was like, yo, we're allowing you guys to go free. So we're going to give you the money, but you guys are free to sign with somebody else if you guys need to. For 90 days. It's going to be 90 days until all, all, any of that finals through. But, yes, they're going to uh, go anywhere they NXT, want to. Dude, NXT, like, all three people, I don't know who they are, unfortunately, I do apologize, but NXT, though, they can look as of now. Oh, yeah. I think, I think... Because the NXT contracts, I feel like they're they're a more developing section, so those characters can go anywhere. But when it comes to who they say, I think when it came to Kurt Angle and Rusev, and uh, I'm, I don't know if it was Luke Gallows or Carl Anderson, they're someone's going to China, back to New Japan, but he really can't advertise too much of him going there. Because of the 90-day contract rule, I guess, that they had on there. So he really can't say he's going there, per se, just because of that stipulation. So I don't know if that goes for everyone, but if it's NXT, those guys, if they're saying they're going to go to such and such place and not get in trouble for it, then I'll go with yeah, it. Yeah, that essentially was part of the contract when they, when they got to let go. It was okay. like, hey, you know, we're paying you 
but go ahead and find yourself another job because we get it. You know, right now it is a difficult time. Exactly. And um, definitely the whole. Surprised at how many you got let go? Yeah, but I feel that though that these are people who were literally were not going to do anything. Unfortunately, they're mostly were going to be jobbers. Yep. Um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, man, that one was surprised me the most because they just had their moment with uh, with with uh, with AJ Styles back at WrestleMania. That was more, to me, my opinion, I agree. I'm more shocking of them two leaving just because they're, they they were, when they first arrived and throughout the whole process, I feel like they were under underutilized. I don't think they were utilized to the best that they should have, in my opinion. Here's what I feel. I feel that at first they were actually used correctly when they were champions yes. and they were the bad guys and everything. But then just like, as you started bringing up the Usos, as you started bringing up... Uh, New Day, as you started bringing up the the Shield and all those guys, you, the OC went down. They kind they you lost know, themselves. They, but in a way, they, it's more or less like you could have fit them in perfectly. You could have used them as not necessarily like the APA, the New Age of being really rough in the ring and being the threshold of the of the wrestlers, but you could have utilized them so well that they could have been such the most epic villains on all of. Any of those characters that they were going against, the yep. New Day especially, the friggin' um, the Usos themselves when they were doing them, the Revival. If they would have came in the mix a little bit in the middle of the time frame, you could even have a good matches with those guys. It's just, yeah. it's how the storyline and how we always talked about how much they don't put into that aspect of it. I feel like they just don't really pay much attention to the tag team division at all, and it's been like that because since. I feel that, I feel that for them. Like unfortunately with WWE, they've been doing this for years. Right. It's not just it's not just recently. It's been since I was watching. It was back in like '97. You yep. probably looking into mm-hmm. that when they have like their three, four tag teams that they're like super focused on. They're just gonna build storyline after storyline after storyline between those three, four tag teams. Yep. And even though you got some guys who could do some stuff, who could do some you know some razzle dazzle stuff, you know really put on the show, they get cut out, man. Big time. Big time. And it just amazes me how much they lose them just because you have three hours worth of a show on your network and you really could put, you couldn't fit in at least two two or three great tag team matches. You really can't fit all that in there. Like, you really have more of a soap opera. But they were, though. They were just with the other teams. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. So, about by you, Uncle List, many shocking releases. Kurt Angle's one. I'm surprised they would let him go, but I think if anything, there's an easy way to probably bring him into a Legends contract later on. Well, there's some some characters that I guess uh, that they're saying that we would like for you to come back once everything starts working up to it. But who knows who those guys are going to be? Uh, as far as yeah, I know, I'm it pretty seems sure. I'm, s- I'm pretty sure Kurt Angle has a Legends contract. I'm pretty sure that's why he doesn't worry about losing his job. Okay. And then um, Drew McIntyre, or not McIntyre. He's still on there. He's a champion. Never mind. Drake he's staying. Maverick. Maverick. Drake Maverick. I think he's really gone dude, for he good. Broke my heart, man. I think he's he gone for good. Heart, dude. When I saw his video, I was like, oh, he could have I, I noticed that the people that were like love the company yeah. they didn't say anything bad about it yeah at all like you know what we get it it happens um you know like there was no one that bad mouthed it um unfortunately I feel like Lana she's too much of the character that's just me though 
What do you mean? So after Rusev got let go, uh, Lana tweeted basically like, thank you, Rusev, next. Yeah. Like, she was like, thank you. Like, she basically was like, I would hate to be the kind of person who would, who would lose his job in, their, in, their, uh, in this kind of in this kind of economy. Thank you, Rusev, next. I was like, dude. <laughs> but okay. that's the thing. Are they together? So I don't even know. Like, I, Lily, if you... Like, normal before, when we see posts on Instagram or whatever case may be, on their social media stuff, they were not shy of how their love was, right? How they got married, how they've been together after they got married, before they got married. But then, no lie, I think when the whole storyline with Bobby Lashley came to play, kind of lost all that. Here's my thing, though. I so, feel like... There was one moment. There was one because I followed both of them on this on uh, Instagram. Uh-huh. There was one where Lana actually said she was actually she posted about the dogs. You know, two little little pomegranates, two little fluffy assault guns. Um, and she said back when times were simple, and See? they showed her and Rusev with the two dogs in the hotel room, and like one dog just like does a glide across the bed, and Rusev is laying down and like they're laughing. So, but I'm like. What do you mean what times were simple? So, like, it's a hit. Uh, who knows right. exactly what happened there? You know, they could do a whole other, uh, nice little dark side of the ring there eventually. Yeah. Uh, but I feel, though, that sometimes some of these storylines, like, break that fourth wall, as I was thinking before. Yeah. That's true. And I feel that this is one of those storylines with her and Bobby Lashley where I think it may have broken that fourth wall. Possibly, because I feel like what when they first worked together and they got married, the whole thing with Dolph Ziggler and them trying to have that whole like love interest, but it really didn't hit well with the with the wrestling fans themselves just because you were doing you had Lana on the outside doing her social media status with her with Rusev and stuff like that doing their thing. But then you're trying to have a battle between them in the ring. It just never meshed well when it came to network. So I don't know if it was something that network was telling them, Okay, look, we're gonna do this again we're going to do this with this person. So from now on, your social media status cannot be posting of such and such person. I don't know if they have that control. I don't know if they should have that control. But I think that's where it kind of played in, which I can see your fourth wall break- breakage there. I was going to say... Yeah, go ahead. No, you first, man. Go ahead. Okay, so what I was going to say is uh, I believe this is what happened because Rusev was on his way to make a push when the regular thing happened uh-huh but lana is the one that from what i hear she's the one that kind of screwed it up and Rizzo lost his push yeah so now you have another story once again they're doing the same thing and i think you're they're telling them you know you can't really screw this up now we have to play it off as kayfabe as we can yeah exactly so well, that's all I, could I be feel, i feel that you're looking kind of like a um, Goldust Marlena moment. Uh huh. That's Maybe. the way I feel like it. Where eventually it just got to the point where they just didn't have, they just got tired of each other. Yeah. I mean, you know, first, you know, they're, they're, you, you see Goldust and Marlena, then Goldust is something completely different. But <laughs> you saw them always together, always were like hand in hand. You know, he treated her like royalty, like it showed. And then just that the tweak, and yeah. I feel that 
when Lana went single, like the singles competitor, something happened there. And I, again, they're, you're talking a good timeline where even Rusev wasn't showing up. Right. And when he finally comes back, oh, they're not with Bobby Lashley. So, who knows what happened in between? You're looking at what, almost nine months that he was gone? Something like that? It felt like it. It felt long. And if you look at it, here's one more thing, though. In the nine months where he was gone, they didn't post anything. At all. That's why. That's the what I'm saying. It just Rusev felt. Posted was the fact that he was an American citizen. And yes. That's it. Exactly. That I saw. But you never saw her. You never saw her next to him whatsoever. So the whole thing of it Especially really. Especially for something like that. It is. You should be right next to him. Like that's. You know. Like, come on. Now that's a big moment right there where someone, that person that cares about you the most, isn't present at your most memorable time of becoming a, a citizen for anything. You know, it's that's just like one of those like like I like, came back here. You know, that's my man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> something. And like even if you even know? if that was her being the recorder, she didn't say anything. He didn't say thank you, babe, love you. You know, stuff like that or whatever. It was nada. It was just a celebration. So I don't know. Could be. Well, uh, anything else before yeah, I jump uh, into the bra for all? actually on the way to get an AW push if he goes to AW. Who? If he goes, if he goes to AEW, he needs to be the main guy for sure. I, like, I feel, I feel they 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 didn't really use yourself very well that they should have. He had a very outgoing start when it came to him facing John Cena, especially at WrestleMania. But ever since then, you kind of lost it. Like, Rusev Day was even... It, that was a pop itself, too, when they made him K-Fib. So, like, you that could... That was the biggest thing. Like, if you think about it, like, every single time that you saw a show, mm-hmm. Rusev Day, Rusev Day, like, they ran with that, and it was phenomenal. It was yeah, they should have. I think when it came to him losing weight and kind of getting fit, I think that's where... You see, I think that's where a lot of... Where WWE kind of gets a little... To control of when it comes to that, like we don't want you there. We, we need you to be that thick guy, that monster, the brute, the one that we sh- when you first came up. We need you to be like that. Once the person starts getting into losing their weight and losing that persona of the solidness above, like then I guess you can see WWE losing interest in the character themselves. But they haven't, lost, they haven't lost interest in Otis, man. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of it's really weird. I don't know, really weird. It's because Otis knows how to sell it. Like, dude, if you see the shirt, dude, that's the most hilarious shirt I've ever seen. The fact that they have slam and ham. Ah, ah okay, there you go. That's good. That's a good fix. I was going to say another one that I'm, uh, I'm not surprised about, but I'm surprised that Cody's advertising him right away would be Zack Ryder. Yeah, true. They're friends. Yeah. So you know he's going to show up in AEW. They're really close personal friends, and, um, Basically, Cody tweeted or tweeted and also posted. I don't know. Yeah, I know he tweeted That's a very important moment. Yeah, that one. Thank you. So, on some social media platform, he posted basically that he was like, I was there when my best friend won uh, the IC title, was there front row seat, meaning he wasn't the actual match as Stardust. Um, so, I mean, eventually, yeah, he's going to reach out to him. Um, at this point, though, here, here's the thing, and I and I feel 
that WWE is now starting to do this because they saw AEW. WWE may be letting go of the jobbers because now they're focusing on the mid card to the top card. Because if know. you look at it for the longest time, you know the the, the 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 like the low card, it just you know just a bunch of squash matches, just a bunch of funny matches, whatever. But if you look at it now, like the whole Sony Deville with Otis and Dolph Ziggler, dude, that kind of it does something for him. I kind of like a little spice to the to the, to the whole remedy. Yeah, well, Vince is doing it's going back to his '80s routine. What he did in the '80s when he built the uh, Macho Man Randy Savage out of the mid card. He built the uh, Dusty. Well, Dusty Rhodes already had a name, but he mm-hmm. built um, Rick Rude off the mid card. Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, like fans. Like, fan favorite crowd cheers type of characters even if they were yeah. an anti-hero at that at that point or whatever you would call them it just it had a wrestling pop to the like to the fans themselves of either it being a wrestler who being a hot throb for women themselves or you know a big brute for kids to be a fearful of they had all that yeah can I ask you both a question I'm going go a little bit off topic but I just have to ask the question Yes, I would beat Anthony in a video game wrestling match. Nah, uh, okay. could get lucky. Oh, you also. So, <laughs> uh, how do you guys feel about Vince asking the company to stop mentioning Reigns' name? Ooh. I think Vince was mad because he had this vision of Goldberg against Reigns, and Reigns backed out because of the coronavirus. I don't blame Reigns though. Reigns did the right thing by backing out of it. Yeah. Uh, Vince kind of like, I guess in his mind, he wanted Goldberg and Reigns to be the last match of the pay per view, and Vince wanted to give Reigns like this mega win. When Reigns backing out, Vince is mad. But you're, you had a, you had a vent, you had an event where you were going to make Reigns win over, right? Get the title, get his special moment, but you didn't. You weren't gonna have the crowd there to boo that moment for him, so he was looking forward to that. I think, especially, but also it is too is that it Roman Reigns to him is at this time in his era, John Cena of the time frame, his guy, his it guy, his his like his character of wrestling right now at the moment, like using him the most of advertising anything. He's on the WWE cover for twenty, you know stuff like that, you know. Making movies with The Rock. He's that new it guy for him that John Cena left that he forced us to kind of have, really. And for him to back out on it, you can kind of see the disappointment in in Reigns himself because for him it's like, if, if you're here for the company, you're here for the company. But yet you backed away. So you're making a personal choice is something that I don't, not necessarily respect, but can get upset with and it's if you kind of if you guys know this of all people you guys know it too when it comes to a wrestler choosing his own path or making a decision for himself and his own era and his own way there's always something about Vince that he does not agree with and does not like am I right? Bret Hart yeah Stone Cold when he left when he left with Brock who else? who else we got? uh now Roman Reigns, Hogan. huh? Hogan, Hogan, oh, Hulk Hogan of all people. That so 
You got those. I had to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm good. It's my hat, too. No, no. Yes. Actually, you make a good point about Hogan. Macho Man. That's another guy. Macho Man. Macho Man, he couldn't. Vince McMahon, from what I heard about Macho Man, is that Macho was kind of like his son to Vince. And the whole. Right, and then you got the whole weird rumor of um, freaking uh, Stephanie. Stephanie. So it just really goes to show that there, are, if there are certain characters that really had that pop for for Vince, that made the most money for him, but all of a sudden decides to make a decision on himself. Forget about it. Forget and about it. The reason why is because to Vince, think of it this way: Hulk Hogan was nobody until Vince created Hogan. To Vince, Hulk Hogan was like a baby right there. You know, it's his child. Yeah. His creation. Same thing with Bret Hart. When all these guys are leaving him, it's like your son is leaving you. He's right. Doing your enemy, and I think that's what Vince kind of got mad about. Each one is, I'm doing this, and I'm doing it without your permission. And Reigns backed out of WrestleMania without saying, "Hey Vince, you know I wanna, you know I wanna talk to you for a minute about that." Yeah. Exactly. So. That just goes to show how weird, you know, when certain circumstances like this happens, circumstances like this happens with him, you can just see the anger in Vince himself. So, you know, that's what I expect out of it. It's different, man. Um, personally, this, this is what I feel. Having someone go through kind of like, you know, not not the exact same disease, but having someone go through that, that disease, you are more now afraid because of everything you have to put your body through on a daily basis. Exactly. So I understand his his point of view, whether whether he has the kids, whether he has a wife, whatever whatever the situation is. Him personally, though, it's like, yo, you don't understand the toll my body takes when I had to take one of these medications. Right. You don't see how my body reacts to it. Like I'm, ha- I'm like, you know, there's like I don't know if you guys know this, but there's moments where you can carry a match. There's moments where you can't. And I feel when he can, he's on medication. Yep. He just doesn't say it. Um, but that's just me personally, man. Uh, at this point, though, my respect to him. Um, I feel that, though, the main reason why they said not to say his name, though, because we as fans, we're going to start questioning what's happening with Reigns. Yep. And that's going to be like, the more focus. Yeah. And I think right now, it's like we're just trying to focus on everybody, build everybody up. Mm-hmm. Once he comes back. It's a different mindset. It's a different ballgame. Right, exactly. So, I can go with that. Okay. All right. Well, um, so to kind of dive into the two shows that was pretty much the thesis of the whole show about is the Dark Side of the Ring series, of course, you guys. Over the weekend, we did not record last weekend, of course, because it was, you know, holy weekend for us. Um, Raw for All came out, and then we just recently saw the Jimmy Superfly Snooker as well. I guess, and the death of Nancy Argentino. Now, first we can dive into Brawl for All, which is very, my opinion, very kind of short just because it, it was Brawl for All and the idea of it from, who was the guy, Uncle RJ? I think Vince Russo and... Uh, Vince I Russo. He created it. He created it. Vince oh, okayed it. Here's what he said. He wanted to do it to make Dr. Steve Williams look strong, but in reality... He did it to kind of like watch JBL take a beating. Exactly. All for one guy, right? So, yep. the, the, and this character thesis of it was kind of very, uh, my opinion, it was the wrong type of, like, show. Like, I didn't understand the whole point of a bra for all in a WWE type of ring. Like, you, it basically was just boxing. 
why didn't you just do like why couldn't you just advertise boxers? You had to do your own boxing match and 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 wrestling. The whole and I remember watching it. It was weird. It was just weird. Like I I remember two people having a boxing match. I remember seeing Godfather and I can't remember who else it was. But I remember seeing Godfather, but then I remember seeing uh what's his name? The boxer was Sable. Butterbean. There you go, Mark Merrill. That's who I remember seeing. It just Versus was. Butterbean. It was weird, and it it didn't go very well for Mark Merrill. <laughs> no, no. It did not go very well. So it's like it's very. It was a very weird timing of like it showing, and to this day, I don't ever see it being advertised on net, the network. Are, it does it even exist on the network? It does. It does. Yes, well, I mean, if you see the. Exists, but here's the thing that you have to look up: DX nineteen ninety seven in your house, Ken it's uh, it's you could say hidden in there a little bit, so it's kind of weird. They don't talk about the match at like, all. If you look at the preview, they don't talk about the match. They'll talk about Taka. Yep. They'll talk about the LOD. They'll talk about uh, they won't even talk about the little golden spit where yeah. you read uh, green eggs and ham. They won't talk about that. Uh, they won't talk about. There's like at least three or four things they don't talk about, but they will like talk about Shamrock. They'll talk about um, the Rock versus Austin. Mm-hmm. They'll talk about because uh, that's when they went for the intercontinental title. Okay. There's a couple things in there, yeah. They won't they won't talk about. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's kind of weird on how they do that. So I mean, it kind of goes to show that obviously Braun for all wasn't a good idea, and for that time frame to let it go through, I mean during the Attitude Era, it was no holds bar. So everything went how everything went in the whole series, it was it was to whatever. Uh-huh. That's what we call it, Bruce, uh, Vince Russo's booking. You know, that dude, he's the one that created some weird things and added to there, and that's why he got rid of him. He went to WCW, and look what happened when he went over there. Yeah, exactly. WCW went straight to the trash. Right. So, I just, it was just kind of, I don't know. It was a weird thing. But, I mean, that was, that was pretty much the whole Brawl for All storyline. It just... It just showed us a weird time frame when they made this weird event on these certain wrestlers. You know, a couple wrestlers didn't make it very well in the wrestling. Like, that one gentleman that they were really making it for, Uncle, Uncle List, what was his name? Um, Dr. Williams. Dr. Williams. Dr. Steve Williams. And, but it was Dr. Dr. Death? Yeah. That was, was going to be his nickname. Going into the whole uh, switching over from after the tournament's being finished, for him to win, supposedly... And then going over to now being to get a big push in the wrestling industry when during maybe a match with Austin or whoever kicked me, I think the whole idea of it back was. I mean, but you see Dr. Death getting knocked the heck out, and now how can you advertise this guy? You can't. It just, at all. So whoever thought, whoever thought of it, what case may be, just would be out of it. Makes no sense. Yeah, true. So. It really uh, doesn't. So what, uh, I guess that would end for Brawl for All, in my opinion, really. I don't know what else we yeah. could talk about. <clears throat> Ridiculous. Uh, not much. 
Yeah. Sad booking of Bart Gunn, who actually won it. Oh, who? Oh, yeah, Bart Gunn. Like, he, he won it. He didn't get the proper push like he should have deserved afterwards because he wasn't really necessarily a, a decent wrestler anyways. See him in the tag matches, you don't see the, the spunk as a person should have. I think if they would have just given him an IC title push and probably had him lose to somebody, I would have understood that part. Yeah. Maybe not even European push. Give him the European title. That was the that was a yeah. somewhat major well, title at that time. Court title. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, All right. Title been good. Let's jump into the Jimmy Superfly Snooker. <laughs> what a wonderful day. Got thing. Okay, so diving in now into the Jimmy Superfly and the death, mysterious death of Nancy Argentino. Now, this one was a weird, um, how can I say it? A weird story per se, but again, this is one of the dark side, you know, the whole idea of dark side of the ring type of, my opinion, what makes it very special. When it comes to stories like this, and how weird it was and how things kind of hey, bro happened I, I respect you I love you but you keep like you sound like a space astronaut bro you see that's hey. Uncle RJ's little thing going on there why are you talking to me <laughs> sorry about that everybody <laughs> you're good now from, uh, yeah, are you guys good? Nope. <laughs> I don't know what that, that's your phone or something, Uncle Liz. I don't know what that is. It's uh, microphone probably. You know, you lift it up and see what happens. Because you hear like a little <sighs> air. Yeah, it might be that. The microphone, since I like move, it does a little. <sighs> ah, pues. We're going to have to buy you. We're going to have to buy you some. Actually, I think I have different type of earphones that I could probably use. Give me a second. I'll be right back. Do I need to start the episode again? Hi, Cindy. Hey, go on, man. They're downstairs in the basement right now because I was going to use the basement, but yeah, they went downstairs. It's okay. By the way, you told me the kid. Socks? Why? You're a Sox fan. What the hell? No Cubs fan? I, I thought you were a Cubs fan. Why not? Cubs. You are a, a Cubs fan. I know you were there. You were there at the parade dancing. Who? <laughs> I care about it. <laughs> yeah, I saw you. I saw you on your Instagram. Don't lie. Don't lie. I just Alright, what about now? Is that better? Yeah. Wow. There you go. Right? All better now. That's good. Alright, cool. Let's start the video because we kinda lost uh, we lost some traction. So let's Alright, ready? Okay. So now getting back into it, you guys, uh Dark Side of the Ring. Jimmy Superfy Snooker and Notorious uh I guess mysterious, I'm sorry, notorious and a mysterious death. Of Nancy Argentino, I'm saying I'm thinking of Uncle Les on the same notorious all the freaking time. Uh, <laughs> but um, 
I mean, this was one of the episodes as, as far as the whole, I guess, plot story of Dark Side of the Ring, it being created, was to get into stories like this. Uh, for us wrestling fans and kind of knowing what we see on TV and during the whole wrestling industry, we don't know what the heck's going on in the background. Especially back in the days in the 90s and 80s and 70s when all this crazy stuff started going through. So... <laughs> I mean, look at me right now. I'm, laying on, I'm kind of like sitting on the chest. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of, it's, it's a weird story. Like, no lie, you guys. I'm pretty sure you guys were kind of also very confused on how this guy was still able to that last that long and not get in trouble with anything going on with that murder whatsoever. It just made no sense and how he got away that fast and not much of it. Like, even from Jump Street when it happened, you really think a police officer would not be suspicious in how his story was? You're really going to kind of go through of believing a story like that and how he said it? And for him telling certain people one thing, but then going telling it to police officers and sticking with that story from day one. Hold on. This this is the thing that... I, there's three things I question as I watch this. Mm-hmm. One, why wasn't the laptop to give him back in 1983? That's the most important thing I can ask is why was no autopsy given back in 1983 when all this happened? It took, what, 32 years later for them to finally miraculously come up with the autopsy all of a sudden? Right. Foul play there. Mm-hmm. Two, why did the family not pursue anything after? Yeah, there you go. I mean, you can see Snooker still on TV. Right. And it wasn't like, okay, let's put it this way. It wasn't like the Gino murder, right? Where... The family themselves was very suspicious and thinking that it was a major hit that happened to him, right? Yeah. It wasn't like that. It was more or less of Jimmy doing something, something happened, and just got a, basically acquitted for it, for whatever case may be, miss, it, miss evidence or whatever it was. So the family didn't have a reason to say, hey, I'm afraid for my life if I want to push to figure out what's going on. It was a, hmm, they just left it how it was. Here's my thing. And this goes back to my second point still. My second point is, again, as I say, I asked, why did the family do anything? But my, th- my thing is, though, you got the call. Prior saying, he's chasing me, yep. and the phone goes dead. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, no bells, whistles, nothing goes on here. And then afterwards. Like nothing at all. If you remember, they also got another phone call afterwards stating, here's some money. How much do you think it'll be for you to be okay? That's a buy-off. It's a freaking buy-off. They're telling you. that Yes. They're telling you. They're telling you they did wrong. Here's some money to, you know, if it makes you feel okay. Uh, we'll help do this, this, and this. Like, it's a red flag off the back. It's a hide. It's a freaking cover-up. You really did not really think that it was not going to happen? Yeah, I man, like, honestly, my thing is, like, as popular as he was, yep. as great as he was, again, like I said, the whole thing with, again, as we all know, let's go, we're, we're not going that far back, Chris Benoit. Yep. I'm using the name. Chris Benoit, uh, with everything that happened to him, I respect Snooker for what he did in the ring. Definitely. Because of guy, because of him, he literally paved the way for Matt and Jeff Hardy. He paved the way for Edge Christian. He paved the way for uh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley. Foley jumping off. 
uh, even Edge, I think, and Shane McMahon. Yeah. He paved the way for those guys to do that. Yep. So I, I, you know what? I give him props for it. What happened in personal life, though, I question so much. Exactly. Um, my thing is, though, that the last thing I'm going to ask here, and this is, this is again, where as I was watching this, I'm like, why didn't anybody just like question this more? Was that if you got that call and then the next call you get from the same person says, oh, it was just a misunderstanding. But now you're talking this is hours later. Not minutes, not seconds. This is probably hours later because remember, that's when the cops showed up. And that's where he had superhuman strength that was fighting out cops with, with the knife, with the batons. Exactly. Fighting out the dogs. He was going all crazy. He was fighting everybody, supposedly. Yeah. So my thing is, like, if that happened and you got that call, yeah. where's the bells and whistles? Right. So, like, you let it you let it die. And you accepted it for 32 years, but deep down you want to tell everybody, you know what, we just didn't accept it. We still don't accept it now. You didn't. You you let it go for thirty two years, and finally, because it finally shows up on the local newspaper, that's when you say, "Oh, well, she's getting some sort of justice." It, it's a. That's Robert. I, I agree. I agree with you, Esther Three. It threw a lot of flags on the family part. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Sorry for your loss. Going out with Nancy, you know, everything like that. But there are some yeah. decisions that there should have been some red flags thrown up. And there should have been some action going on for it to figure out the actual truth behind it. If you knew you got a phone call like that, you had certain evidence in your back of your mind, really, for a proper lawyer to kind of fight something and get some type of thing. Especially back in the day when things like that were cover up. The autopsy report, that never that never physically came out to the family whatsoever until they found out when they redid the whole story again. When 2013. someone. 32 when, years later. Exactly. They didn't see the autopsy report when old dude did the anniversary of it. Like, you really did not know the autopsy report? You didn't see it from before? Like, it just made no sense with the family and how hard that they, they just let it kind of go. This is my third one. And this is the one where I would even question. I was like, wait, what? Where the old sheriff or district attorney, whatever he was... When they showed him the autopsy, he said, this is my first time I'm seeing this. Yeah. Wait. You let this slide for 32 years? But it had, didn't it have a signature on it? I don't think it had. I know it has somebody's. I think it had Jimmy's. Okay. I think it had Jimmy's. I can't remember whose signature was. But my thing was, like, they were like, yeah, do you remember this? He was like, this is my first time I'm seeing this. Mm-hmm. What do you mean this is the first time? Exactly. When a murder like that happens, and if you have the knowledge of it, this is your first time seeing something like that? No. Something was wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot of cover-up. And for, and in reality, too, it would be a bad thing. I can feel like how bad the cover-up would be when it comes to it being from, I guess, it being done by Vince. Could be somewhere where... It had to be coming from Vince and kind of figuring out what it is that went wrong. Who did he pay off? Because if I'm not mistaken, he was very involved in helping Jimmy at that time frame. Well, that, 
the line that his wife said at the end, that's the one that caught me where she said, yeah, he couldn't read. So it would just get to the point where they would just say, hey, Vince said to sign this or you're getting fired, and he'd sign it. Mm-hmm. And then the term of Big Brother Vince or something like that, what do you call him? Big Brother Vinny? Big Brother Vinny. Yeah. That's what I was like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. something I... And I feel like maybe McMahon knew about everything, but to keep everything on the rest because of the stardom of Jimmy. Yep. And where he wanted to push his push him as a wrestler during the industry. Especially back then, how my opinion, no lie. Back then, I'm sorry. But things could have been covered up a lot easier back then than it is now. Okay. But the problem is is that if you get the right person who's good at their job. They're going to find the issues that happened back then, bring them up, and say, bam, smash that name all over. So I think that's where maybe you're probably hiding from it, and you probably paid the right people to do what you need to do to hide what you need to hide back then. Like, I'm not saying he's guilty, but I feel like something was paid off. Something was something was done paid off. I don't, you know, we were not, we're not in the room. We didn't know what happened specifically, but there have there are questionable actions and questionable things that happened when it came to figuring out who was the actual murderer, or even at that, what ha- literally had happened. Like, I don't know if a fall can really cause that. My opinion, I don't know if that was the case, maybe. But even at that, the the his tag partner at the time was in the car. He doesn't remember her getting out. Yeah, and that's one thing of the story that we just found out during the episode where it's really untrue of. We never knew that from Jimmy's mouth where he was in the car with them. He didn't see anybody stop. They didn't stop. She was perfectly fine, having a good time. So what and happened? So he got dropped off though, because he got dropped off first, and then they went to their hotel room. I don't know. Which means probably she didn't fall outside at all. Could not. Well, so I don't know if you guys caught this. In one story, he says the stairs. Yes. The other one, he says the street. Yep. I so feel I'm thinking that... more of a she got pushed off the stairs, probably. Who so knows? Here's, so, so here's my thing. So they found strangulation on her. They found that she was beaten in the head by a still object, um, object mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, they did not find any sort of dirt, and they also didn't find any sort of like tears in her dress. Yes, that was one thing that I caught on to, too. So, if there was a struggle, who knows how short that dress was? Exactly. Who knows how long that dress was? And we just basically saw a, a, a depiction of it. Yep. We don't know how long that dress was. Right. But the only thing that I know is that if your clothing doesn't show any sort of marks on it, but your neck and your head do, that's an issue. Yep. I have a I have a very big problem with how the story went down of his lying, in a way, in my opinion, his story of how it happened to her. It's very questionable. Like I said, it's very questionable. And him being on, I don't know, he was on that much... In, and here's the thing, no like looking at him now and seeing him them saying he used a lot of drugs, I can literally see it in him. He looks like the type of guy that'll be on drugs. 
Like he has that. He has those eyes. Has those eyes. He has that weird look. You know, like crazy look about it. Look that new Jack had. Yeah, and even at that, like this dude is jacked. Like, look at behind that shit three in the picture that he has up there. He was yeah. freaking jacked. I know that for a chest. He was he was literally steroid up, my opinion. He looked like he was steroid up. Because he looks so imagine, huge. Imagine, imagine steroids to it and cocaine, because he did a whole bunch of that. Yeah. Imagine and now thinking of it, same thing with New Jack. You know, New Jack was on heavy cocaine. Extremely. The wrestling industry, I don't think it's just uh, men hiding all these things. I think it was the industry itself hiding all the things that these people have done with within their lifetime just to make sure nobody thinks that wrestlers are capable of doing such a heinous sex. Exactly. Well, here's the thing, honestly. I feel that growing up, and again, this is this is probably as you become also an adult, you don't see them as wrestlers. You see them as heroes. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes. You see them. You see them as somebody that you want to kind of like quote unquote idolize. Me, dude, I was a big Shawn Michaels fan growing up. So yeah, you know what? There's a couple. You go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then you find out things about Shawn Michaels right behind your. You know, as they're growing up, Shawn Michaels was like crude to fans when he was in his own game. Yeah, it was a major no, douche hole. Yeah. That wasn't televised. Huh? There was, so this is like 1997, 1999, between those two years. 97, 99. Uh, WWE had an in your house here down in uh, the Allstate Arena in Chicago. Uncle Lisp and me go to the to to the event. It's Michaels versus Undertaker. I think this was kind of like the beginning or almost towards the end of the rivalry. And nice. it it was for the yeah, towards the end of the rivalry. And this was for the WWE championship. Um I remember that Michaels got on the turnbuckle and as everyone was like basically making fun of him, like basically calling him out. I I know you remember where he like drops his pants. Yeah, him and Triple H. Yep. Yeah, they dropped, they dropped their pants. Uh, I don't know if they showed it on TV. I don't know if it was a pay-per-view. But I do remember that. And I remember my mom specifically said she's never going to go to another wrestling show because of that moment. Um, because uh, when they were DX, they did it before. They've done it so many times. That's why when I saw when I was coming, didn't you see I turned my head away? Yeah, I remember that. Because I've, I've seen what they've done it before. Um what happened is Taker lost by disqualification. No, he won um, by disqualification. He won by disqualification. And he went on and tombstone both of them. So when they got out, they were like, you know, the fans were booing them. And I guess Sean and Triple H did their little, like, Jack feel. And then afterwards, he's like, well, now you can kiss my aunt. That's when he puts down his pants down, you know? I remember he. I remember another championship saying, I'm not going to repeat the words because, yeah, he. there, there was... He, I think he went a little bit past that DX character there. I remember I that he, he Chicago. I, I don't even, I don't even think it was Chicago. I think anybody that got to that point, to to the amount of you know what, like people really don't like me, so let me add more fuel to the fire. Mm-hmm. Back then, back then, a lot of the wrestlers that got to that point, they really crossed that line just, just enough to really show. That this is 
and this is and this is uh for him real life and their mindset. And I feel that, I, like I said, I'm not gonna. I can't quote what he said because it just it's not right for me to say it. After so, it's just a lot of things. Um, but I just remember that he was like kind of like also like hopping on the turnbuckle before uh-huh. he turned around. Um, I actually think now I know what you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I can see why. Yep, I can see why not. Yeah. So, so um, that's why I'm like, oh, okay. So I was like, again, that that, that, that sticks in my mind to yep. this day. This is now you're talking what almost twenty. Yep. Two, three years later. Impossible. I was still thinking about it. Right. Um, and like I said, I feel that with Snuka, with just everything, I feel that he felt himself be super fly. Yeah. He was and in his I character. That he, that he felt that he was, he needed the additional substance mm-hmm. in order to, to feel that way. Also, I know I went way off topic completely, sorry. But I feel, though, that that they just don't, as you said, actually, to quote you, they don't know the difference between real life and fantasy anymore. Exactly. There's a lot of wrestlers. Jason C. Roberts himself said it. He's like, there's wrestlers. If you ask me, like, who am I? I'm like, well, the regular guy, he'll give you a shirt off his back. You know, the real me, I'll give you the shirt off my back. I'll, you know, if you want to get a beer, I'll go get a beer with you. And you're like, okay, now ask me about Jake the Snake Roberts. He's like, Jake the Snake, on the other hand, you piss me off, I'm going to tear you up. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you got two people who do you want me to be? And the problem is, it's like some of these wrestlers, they, they are like New Jack. He's not that person no more. He said, that guy's dead. I'm New Jack now. Exactly. Yeah. Ric Flair's on the other hand, he's more of the character of, when you talk about a pure legend like Ric Flair, that guy lived lived his character. Not even that, lived his character. He, he was who he was. He was Ric Flair. I think the only thing the difference was he just didn't have that name to where it shined as it with his actual, you could say, government name. So having that specific name fits him fit him way more better to live who he wanted to be like. And that's who he is. He's a party animal, loves to have fun, gets along with everybody, can care less on what, I guess, us per- like perceive as him. In general, the type of person he is, but he's a loving guy. That's just it. Rules wise, he really don't have too many rules, but always been that type of fun guy and wanting the attention. So for him having that character, that's just where it plays in. But like you said, you guys get to Jake Snake, you get who else? You get New Jack. You even get you get uh, who else we can put in there? Another guy out there that stays within his character. Who? Hogan. Hogan. I feel like he got high horse like that, my opinion. I yeah. think Mick Foley also. I have Foley's face. Yeah. Because no, 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 remember, though, when he started, like, not retiring, but when he started, like, using less the personas, the characters Jack, the dude, uh, the mankind, like, he wasn't using them as much. He started being called Mick Foley before he was, you know, um, before he, before his last, before like the last couple of years in, in WWE. Right. Um, and I feel that the main reason why, because he just, 
either one or two things. Either one, he got tired of, of being the persona, or two, he was just he didn't know which persona to be outside. Yeah. So, so that brings me to I mean, you had three personas in one. Right. And notice yeah, actually, yeah, I, it was actually after the Royal Rumble, where all three of them went in, where he kind of stopped. Uh, okay. I remember that Royal Rumble. Everybody, all three of them, he played and went in at, afterwards. Yeah. And and at the last one, that's where um that's where um Jim Ross is like Mrs. Foley's baby boy. <laughs> From that moment forward, that's when he started using like the name of Mick. Yeah. Probably even when he goes mankind, he'll still. I think more of a of anything. Uh, as mankind, he started calling himself Mick Foley more. Yeah. So I feel that you know he's like you know what just to not get confused because fans are gonna want Cactus Jack, fans are gonna want Dula, fans are gonna want mankind. Right. Scare Mick. Exactly. So. Goes to show how weird the story between Jimmy on the fact of him leaving his character and being being that character for for this long. And look at Lex Luger. That's another one. Oof. That's a yeah. Now the weird coincidence between Jimmy Snook and Benoit though. They both were married to a woman named Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's a good twist to that. Didn't know that part. Okay. I was just thinking about that right now. Nancy Benoit. Um, Stonewall's wife and then Nancy you know uh, Tarantino Argentina Argentina Mm -hmm. and the country's on top of the end but yeah interesting effects and they both have weird cover ups well the only thing weird I see with Benoit is the whole where I mean people focus on it where it's they found him with his hands with his hands tied behind his back yeah so that's that's one. Change the story. Did you realize that? Um, if you look at the autopsy, he had his hands tied behind the back. Over here, and this show, when I was watching Dark Side of the Ring, they said, "Oh, we found him with his hands in front of him, slumped over." Yeah, yeah, caught that. I would actually rewatch that. But yes, I like the autopsy said one thing, and then all of a sudden the show says another thing. That's how I know, particularly myself. That something is totally weird the way he died. The way how everything played out to be. It just doesn't mesh well. Same it with... It wasn't even the autopsy. It was the cops who said it the day that they found him. That's what I'm saying. The, yeah. The, but the autopsy has it on what they had said in the first place between it, it, the reason of death, supposedly, and how what it was that the cops had said. So that was in there, in paper form. But then at that, with the show itself... They're saying the whole different story and how it all happened in the beginning. And even in uh, Chavo Guerrero's text messaging, word by word, if you listen to what he's saying, it's like, there's something weird here. He would never tell me if the dogs are outside. He would never tell me all these things as they're going on. Right. Why is he texting me all these things all, like, in strange patterns? So, it just, it's a weird thing. It's a weird, weird stuff going on there. That's why I know. That's why I feel like with the whole. It, it, but here's the thing with this whole dark side, dark side of the ring series, it's really going to play a lot of questions in how WWE handled these situations. They're really going to be looked at. I don't know by law, but they're going to be looked at quite under the microscope for some time right now with these series. I feel like it's going to be a lot of questions. Well, hold on. Also, at this point, though, if we're if we're going to go off the series. 
as we said, you remember the story because it, it, it impacted all of us. Definitely. All the news reports, all the cop reports said he was found hung with his hands tied behind. Yeah. <laughs> so what were you getting at with the Chris Benoit story? I'm sorry, I know it's a professor. I do apologize. Well, it's cool. What well, SG3 said it's true though. Um, you find Benoit, the cop said it before. It's like, okay, you are in here, hands tied behind your back, and you're hanging. Now you're not hanging anymore. Now you're sitting down and you're slumped over with your arms down. What's real? What's not? Exactly. Yeah. Which story is real? I feel that sometimes with some, like I said, and this this is just me, but there's some dark side of the stories where they question more than any other one. Yep. I agree. Like, if you look at the Nancy Argentino, they put their two cents in every single time that they could. Like, they were like, you know what? This is, did this happen here? Did you do this? Did this happen? Did you see this? Did, did? Like, they tried. Yeah. But I feel though that like I said, like there's certain ones where no. Like if you look at the Fabulous Moolah, they didn't say anything. Nada. They uh, kinda like make her look like a bad guy and instead they made her look like a good guy afterwards. Yep. Same thing with the Macho Man story. They were trying to make Macho Man look bad, but backfired on them completely with that story. Because it wasn't really necessarily Macho Man himself. I think what happened was is that they were really trying to put some blame somewhere but it, it in reality was nowhere had to do anything with him like at all whatsoever same thing with uh, you could say same thing on uh, who there was a story I remember watching on Dark Side of the Ring and I was surprised about it more um, dang I can't remember no more oh New Jack they didn't they actually told you exactly what New Jack did and everything even New Jack he, he said I did it yep like it was all me that was my purpose that was what I was trying to do at that point pretty much but um, here you have a true case that you know Jimmy Snuka committed it yes I'm not the one to say that he that Uncle Lisp is correct because we wasn't in the room but there's a lot of evidence that points towards Snuka yeah. that's all I can say me too I'm trying to still be biased <laughs> exactly. Trying to, you know, I don't. That's the thing. It, the, it, we weren't there. We can't really necessarily say what really happened, but I can say, hearing the story and hearing what's going on, there are, are some aspects of the story that sounds fishy. That's all I can say in my aspect of it. I can't be honest and tell you as far as that really didn't happen type of thing. But I think we all can sit there and say there's something fishy. Some of it, some of the stuff, and some of the evidence does not add up. Some of the things that certain actions were done by people or weren't not done by other people, that's fishy too as well. Um, but it's a story nonetheless. Yeah, I, I so. agree. But at this point, for me, closing thoughts, um, I would say is, from regards to this, it just it makes you wonder. What else is being covered up? Mm. But it makes you wonder, though, honestly, what happened on that night? Yep. Um, my thoughts and condolences go out to the to, to the Argentino family. Definitely. I, it's difficult. It's difficult for you to lose someone, especially because she was twenty three. 
Right. Very I, young. I was barely starting, man. Very young. Yeah, that's crazy. That's the crazy part um, about it. You know, honestly, her life was barely starting. And unfortunately now, because of this, though, I feel that whenever you think of Superfly, you're going to think of Nancy Argentina. Now, yes, definitely. When I hear his name, it's going to have, that's going to pop up in my mind. Definitely. And I, and I never thought, I, I honestly, I didn't know about it until this. Exactly. I didn't know that was going on during the whole time frame. He was back on wrestling, being advertised in the wrestling match again at Rest- was it WrestleMania for like a yeah, legend yeah. match. So yeah. this stuff I didn't hear coming up at that time frame. I didn't even know he got arrested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had honestly, I, honestly, this I, this is horrible on my part, but I actually forgot he passed away. I thought he was still alive. No lie, me too. Sorry, <laughs> until they said it, I'm like, oh, 2013. If I'm not mistaken, or when did he pass? 2015. So, my bad. And tw- 2013 is when they brought it back. Yeah. He finally got arrested 2015. Yeah. They took him to trial. The judge says he's incompetent on what he does. Yes, he was. It was in bad shape. He was in bad shape supposedly. Couldn't talk right or anything. He was also already starting to suffer through stomach cancer. Yep. So. Oh. Crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah. What about you, Uncle List? Any final thoughts? No, SG3 put it exactly what I think. There's so much being covered up, and not just in wrestling. I think in every, uh, not just sport, but everything out there, there's always some cover-up going on, and it's just hard to figure out who's going to try to look into it more. Who has the balls, really, to be honest, to look into stuff, because there's certain stories that, for certain people, they're not dead yet, they're still alive so if they really want that story to stick to be a story eh, it's very kind of gray area to kind of dive into if you really want to get into that stuff so some people got to go in at their own risk and understand that if they find something that they definitely did not want to find or was not supposed to find or all of a sudden gets into some deep doo-doo it's a risk they all got to take yeah so, uh, final thoughts on my end. All I can tell you is Brawl for All was a bad idea. Definitely a bad idea. Should have never been existed whatsoever. That just goes to show uh, during the Attitude Era what type of creativeness, things that they want to do just to get uh, advertised, get get views or whatever the case may be back then. They were like the modern day... Uh, YouTube era where any view that they can get was beneficial for them for the money. So, that that's for that. Uh, as far as pertaining to Jimmy Superfly Snuka, again another twisted story that raised a lot of questions to this day and even now on how things were handled. Um, goes to show that there can be, like you guys both gentlemen said about cover-ups, that. More than likely, I'm sorry, but Vince may have covered up more stories that we never heard of. And if this dark side of the ring continues, we're gonna hear a lot of crazy new stuff. I'm sure sh- there are there is another episode coming up soon. Straight up. Alright, Uncle Liz, any shout outs, any special shout outs before we head off with the show? Um for wrestling, uh, T.O. Brown, pretty good author. Just want to thank him for uh, for always giving me a heads up on things that he does and giving me ideas of how to run my 
how my uh, vocals are going. There you go. Uh, my family who supports that. I got cousins who are watching this. So, uh, Mira, Veronica, my brothers, um, you guys for being part of the show too. The rejects. Um, I always forget G Money. Cannot give G Money a shout out. He's been part of it for a while. Faces uh, by Richie. She's giving us a little promo. You know, she's been around there for us. Um, and Miss Madison Madness, uh, she has an Instagram account. If you want to check her Instagram out, pretty cool. That's pretty much it. All right. Okay. I know uh, we don't do this, but can I give a shout out to somebody? Your time. Go ahead, shine, brother. I'm just gonna give one shout out <clears throat> to. Um, he's not a wrestling fan. from no per se. I know he's a big basketball fan. Um, he's basically my best friend. His name is Phil Wallace. It was his birthday this past uh, Thursday as well, along with uh, Uncle List. Want to wish him a happy birthday. Hope it was Woo! awesome, dude. Um, and him and I were also gonna celebrate. I'm gonna get him some chocolate, uh, chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate thunder. <laughs> okay, sounds oh, good. One more thing before we sign out, just want to say rest in peace, Howard Finkel. Thank you for rest the memory. Yes, definitely rest, rest in, in peace, Howard Finkel. You were. He can was. We one, can we give everyone just give that one one last? And new, just for him, please. It's all of us. And new, WF champion. Straight up. Actually, I want to say something about Howard Finkel before we close out. If y'all don't mind, I Go met ahead. him in uh, New Orleans. Hey. Hey. And I remember when I sat down to meet him, I was so nervous, and he's like, you know, calm down, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> uh, you know, breathe. Alright, good. Here, you know, uh, you want me to sign that for you? I was like, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? Michaels? <laughs> That's good. Sean Michaels because of that kid that asked me to sign a thing for him. Remember his mom? Yeah. And I forgot the kid. I was like, can you, can you, can you do it for a kid named Billy? He's like, huh? I can't hear you. Uh, he was like, he didn't say it like that. He said, yeah, I need you to speak up, son. You're talking to my good ear. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, imagine Sean, if I would have got Sean Michaels at the wrong time of his career. Hata. I would think I would have gotten worse than what that would have been, you know? Yeah, you would have definitely got, yeah. you would definitely got to switch your music to the dome, bro. <laughs> but how yeah, people, you tall, and but I think, uh, you would reach that high. I remember, uh, I used to like Howard Finkel's uh, announcing, pronouncing Bret Hart when he came to the ring. Yeah, I like I like that. I liked I liked when he was generally how the boxing world has what's his name, SG three? The like you said, he has they have him. Howard Finkel, I think for sure, paved the way for wrestling itself. Was that was that it announcer, I think. It was between, you know, right after him, it became... Uh, Justin Roberts. The girl, who's the girl afterwards that? Lenny Garcia. Oh, Lenny Garcia. Lenny Garcia, she, my opinion, became the second most important ring announcer at that point. So, definitely Howard Finkel, rest in peace. You shine the night, shine the name. A lot of, a lot of freaking wrestlers that really uh, pop for us fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Thank I you, Howard truly appreciate that. Uh, shout out to my end. Yes, definitely. Uh, shout out to 
certain people. Uh, shout out to Ben's son, Uncle Lisp. Huh? For that white dragon. We gotta advertise, man. We gotta advertise. Oh, yeah. Definitely advertise. White Dragon. His name is Frank. Yes, we got to go there. Go on, Batten Sun. Vote or whatever case they need you to do. I want to see that movie. The other thing. the only one. Straight up. The other thing is Taker versus Sting. Boneyard match for the final career match between both of them. Let it be known. I want it to happen. I definitely want it to happen. I really want it to happen. Because thank you, thank you. Yes, I don't care where, whatever it is. It's they could have filmed that in the backyard of that Invisible Man's house. I don't really care. When you have a film like that, that you can get these two wrestlers to do something like that. It's an acting gig. You really think Sting cannot act for some kind of show, like movie clip or whatever? Oh, he could do it. It's just a matter of. Getting it done. Come on, man. Sting wants the final match. You ever see the untold story of Sting? He wants it. He wants it so bad. Um, Taker wants it. It's coming. That's yes, cool. Taker That's wants right. it. They they both want this match. It's it it's need to happen. It cannot just be a fantasy match. No, it needs to be a real live real action match. And this can make Thank it happen. You. It was with AJ was very successful. I think with these two guys, it's going to be even better. So, I'm putting my hand in the ring for an advertisement on that one. Definitely want that to go down. Please. I want another Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, I actually want one of those too. That was very mind-boggling. I want it to be done. No lie. I think that would, with Braun Strowman, <laughs> that would go down really uh, good. I think it would be best if it was with uh, Daniel Bryan. Or oh, yeah. even Daniel Bryan. Yeah, see? Those two. Yeah, I can hit, see that happen. Yes, I definitely can see that happen. That's a good That's a good one. So, it can, it can be done. It was actually a really intriguing match. I think I would go with that. Can you uh, imagine him as the planet's champion throwing away litter everywhere? No, not just that. But, you know, it would be funny if at the end of every match that they do, a Firefly, a Firefly Funhouse match... At the end of every one, they should have just had Titus O'Neil saying, I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> just keep having that clip afterwards. That just makes sure that would go down just fine. I don't know what I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, final thoughts on that, you guys. That's my shout outs, too, as well. Um, it's been fun. Oh, yeah, it's Stardust. I forgot to give her a shout out. She's always been helpful, too. There you go. Thank you very much for that. All right, guys. Anything? Huh? I think, yeah. Oh. Let's go. All right. Well, SG3 has been fun. Tony, uh, Tony Kid, of course, that's me. Uh, you guys live good. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, you guys stay safe out there for sure. Wash your hands. Do what you need to do. This quarantine business is business. Hopefully, it's at that curve where things are going to get better, so. We shall see. I've been hearing different, but I'm going to stay quiet with that. Yeah. Uh, y'all stay safe. This is SG3 signing off. Y'all have a good night. Uncle RJ out. Peace. Peace. Peace.